This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan and Tyler Haas. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, March 19th, March Madness, round one, game start in 15 minutes. It's great to have you with us. I am Jerem Jordan, teamed up with a man who has broken out of plenty of broken elevators, Tyler Haas. I actually have broken out of an elevator. What, when? Where? Uh, freshman year in Fresno. We tried to pack in about 15 guys and all of our luggage. Into, always a good move. Yeah, always a good move. Really <laughs> smart. And, of course, we got stuck. But I just and you got out. We got out. Yeah, the elevator slowly went back down, and we were able to get out. I was nervous for, for a while, though. But the team was in there. They didn't have to break you out. But in case you missed it, Jesse Wade got stuck in the elevator. We talked about it yesterday, but the story has gone viral because the video of him actually getting out came out. It wasn't the hotel that got him out. It was BYU, specifically Richard Harward by himself. It's like the Hulk is just pulling it. And look at Jesse Wade's face right here like, let me out of here. And then the team finally gets together and they pull it open. The Weston will send the bill to BYU later, I guess. But they end up getting Jesse Wade out of there after 40 minutes, and this video went viral. So awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrating. (laughs) They were were so excited. Jim Rome uh, ended up tweeting about this. These guys are incredible. BYU's making memories uh, from Seth Davis, Jeff Goodman of Stadium. BYU's Jesse Wade gets stuck in the hotel elevator for more than 30 minutes. But as Coach Mark Pope told me, no player gets left behind. His teammates got... It down and perform the rescue. So that was crazy. But that, w- that wasn't it, Ty. That wasn't it. One more. Then BYU had fun with COVID testing last night, treating it like it was a starting lineup presentation, and the whole team got involved. Six foot seven out of Kansas City, Missouri. Oh Recently freed. The, the lady that was announcing that. Oh, she can we get her on the job. mic? Come on, yeah, get her for the games. Let's yeah, she go. she's great. You always got a good setup already. But uh, Jim Rome also tweeting about this most enthusiastic COVID test known to mankind. Barstool Sports incredibly on brand for BYU to be hyped to get COVID testing. Uh, yes, would you rather have this or, or would you rather be screamed at and uh, you know? Physical mild altercation with your coach at halftime, aka Michigan State. So yeah, fun, fun moments there. Fun viral moments last night from BYU. Oh, it's awesome. This is this is all the fun stuff behind you know that fans and and people don't see right. Everything off of the court. Coach talks about the best locker room in America. That I mean, it's moments like that 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 prove that point. Hey, you want to play for Mark Pope? You want to have some fun and win and go to the NCAA tournament? Brigham, let's go. Brigham. Okay, here's your show lineup. We'll break down BYU's first-round matchup with UCLA tomorrow night, including a chat with Gregor Bell from Indy, a man who uh, led the Cougars to a win versus the Bruins last year as well. Will join us, Jake Toulson, 
and our prop picks. Plus, Zach Wilson is back in Provo. You've got to see the throw that his dad, Mike, tweeted out from the indoor practice facility yesterday. Wow. And which BYU coach received a two-game suspension for being too close to a ref? Here are today's BYUSN headlines. UCLA beat Michigan State 86-80 last night in OT and will face BYU tomorrow in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. The Bruins were led in scoring by Jaime Hawkins Jr., who had 27 points. Johnny Juzang scored 23 but left the game in overtime after an ankle injury. Tomorrow's first-round game tips at 9.40 Eastern. Coverage begins on Cougar Pregame Live at 8.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. Yeah, and that'll be on 102, uh, 102.7 FM, 11.60 AM locally. There are different rights, so BYU Radio oh, doesn't necessarily okay. cover it, but all good. Okay, women's cross-country track and field coach Dilji Taylor and men's cross-country uh, and track runner Connor Mance win the Mountain Region Awards. That's what happens when you win national titles. Tyler, you get recognized. Amazing. Lauren Gustin has been named an AP All-American Honorable Mention. Gustin averaged a double-double this season, 11.5 points and 12.8 rebounds per game. She was amazing. BYU plays Rutgers Monday, noon Eastern. You know what else is at noon Eastern? This very program, so that'll be fun. Number 16, BYU men's, uh, women's volleyball rather, hosts number 21, San Diego, tomorrow, 3 Eastern. Massive game for the Cougars NCAA tournament hopes on BYU TV. BYU won in four Wednesday in the Slim Gym. At San Diego, where you have some memories. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the Smithfield House, caps off a home-and-home series. There we go. Second-ranked BYU men's volleyball hits the road to face fourth-ranked Pepperdine today in an afternoon match. The Cougs and the Waves face off at 4 Eastern. BYU took the first two matches earlier this year in Provo. But they were very tight, so I'm interested to see if BYU can come home with uh, both wins. One would be good, two would be great. It would be awesome. Okay, speaking of wins, baseball won its West Coast Conference opener against LMU 5-4 thanks to another strong outing from Easton Walker. He's awesome. Six innings, struck out six, one earned run. His ERA is sub one right now. He's amazing. Reed McLaughlin got the save, pitched two innings. Same two tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio, 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app. Jason Shepard is calling those games, but he is like in the first row by the BYU dugout. So I FaceTimed him last night. I was like, can they hear you? Like, you're really <laughs> close, man. Yeah, probably. <laughs> The 2-1, they're like, shh, come on, be quiet, Jason. 17th-ranked uh, women's soccer faces Pacific tomorrow in Stockton, California. The Cougars have won four out of their last five, scoring three or more goals in each of those victories. They're finding their groove. Let's go. And on day one of the NCAA Women's Soccer, or excuse me, Swim and Dive Championships, diver Kennedy Cribs placed 26 in the women's one meter with a score of 2649. And today, swimmer Katie McBratney competes in the women's 100-yard breaststroke. Good luck to the ladies. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Ty, now we know. BYU will tangle with UCLA 8-clap that Saturday night on CBS after the Bruins came down 14 to beat Michigan State in the first four. It was in overtime. Uh, What do you think of the matchup, and what do you expect? I really like this matchup compared to Michigan State. Amen. Right. I, I think BYU matches up a lot better. Uh, I expect BYU to come out um, shooting the ball really well. I mean, they're playing the best basketball they've played. Um, guys are playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, I, I've, I feel like Matt Harms needs to be big in this game. They don't have anyone that really matches up well against Matt. And so um, it'll be a fun one. 
This is going to be good. This is a team BYU beat last year. Different setup for both squads. Like Colby Lee had 13 in this game last year. Colby played it. Lee doesn't play a ton right now. Um, and then you have Jaime Hakez, who last night had 27. He didn't score. Um, Johnny Juzang didn't play. He was at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, had 23. Those guys had 50. Um, th- this is going to be a good matchup. I think physically that would have been tougher with Michigan State. They just they just were good defensively. Mm-hmm. But UCLA ended the game on a 14-3 run. And you know a seven over five or seven zero run to close out regulation. If if BYU can uh, effectively execute its half court offense, and I think they can, the, the the problem that UCLA presents that USC and Boise State did is a little bit of length on the perimeter. But I like Matt Harms against six nine guys who are traditional and don't shoot the three. Um, Caleb Loner can drag uh, a four out and make some threes. I like Caleb Loner by the way, and Gideon George on Jaime Hawkins. I think those are. Uh, uh, those are the matchups uh, uh, that you want to watch. This UCLA team was probably going to be a 6-7 type, but struggled at the end of the season. Lost four in a row, but they won last night. And uh, Mick Cronin said they turned up the heat at halftime uh, on defense. So I, I like it. I, think this, I thought this was going to be a winnable game regardless, the way BYU's been playing, the way they played Gonzaga late, the fact that BYU's a 6, the good mojo from 81 of being a 6, mm-hmm. now playing UCLA, who BYU beat that year by 25. I feel like this is going to be a close game, but one that BYU should win. Definitely. I think, I think BYU comes out on top. If they can put together a good half of shooting, right, this, this first half, um, I think they'll, they'll cruise to victory pretty, pretty easily. Ooh, okay. Uh, so you feel it could be comfortable. Think. Yeah, I Wh- think they can win by double digits. I, I just feel like they're, they're the better team, and, and BYU can play fast. They don't always play fast, right? I, I, they're middle of the pack in the country for as far as pace. Um, but UCLA plays really slow. If BYU can get out and, and get in transition, get some easy buckets, um, get some threes to drop early, um, I, think they, I think they run away with this thing. I'm not saying UCLA is going to go away. I mean, they, they were down 14 last night and came yep. back. Yep. Um, but I, I just feel like BYU is, is playing their best basketball right now and shooting, playing with a lot of confidence, and they're getting after it on the defensive end. They, we, we saw that in the Gonzaga game. They, they made Gonzaga work for everything that, um, that they got, and, of course, Gonzaga finished it off. But BYU uh, matches up really well against UCLA, and I expect them to win. BYU has um, you know, you know, players that can rival what's happening on the other side, too. Mm-hmm. It's always good knowing, uh, okay, we could have the leading score in this game. It's not yeah. necessarily Hawkes, who, by the way, didn't come off the court the best possible scenario happened for BYU. One, that UCLA won, I think, better matchup. And two, that it went into overtime. Yeah. So now there's a day rest, and then you play uh, you know, late tomorrow night at 9.40 on CBS and uh, locally on KSO Radio. That's the best possible scenario because legs will be in question. Obviously, uh, uh, Johnny uh, you know, uh, Juzang, he hurt his ankle. Uh, he can't be 100%, you'd think. He had, a spra- he had a sprained ankle a couple weeks ago, and then he appeared to re-injure it. Although, when he came back on the court, Ty, he looked okay. Yeah, he, he looked fine. He can't get carried off the court and right. then and then He got Paul around. pierced and then, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that was all about. I expect him to be in the lineup and, and ready to go. We want their best shot. I yeah. don't. I just want to win. <laughs> I, <just> want <laughs> I, I don't win. care. Whether. I want BYU to come out on top. <laughs> yeah. Okay, our question of the day. What's your expectation for BYU versus UCLA in the opening round of the NCAA tournament? Let's hear what you have to say in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. 
First response, Jerry on Twitter. Like, the Jerry? Like, send it, Jerry? I expect BYU to come out hungry and motivated since most are not picking them. Time to show the nation what we're all about. Go Cougs. At Fulmer Psych, I expect for at least five jokes and or mentions from the announcers about the elevator incident. Absolutely. That's a, that's a thing that will be mentioned. That's going to happen. Hopefully this isn't the only highlight of BYU's yes. tournament. Come on. Yes, we, we need one shining moment not to be breaking out of an yes. elevator. Yes, exactly. Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, coming up, if you were stuck in an elevator, is there anyone you'd want you would want there for another than Richard Harward? Yeah, that's a good question. And Jake Chulson joins the program. He knows how to beat the Bruins, leading score in the win last year in Maui. We'll talk to him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Kennedy Eschenberg and the 16th-ranked women's volleyball team host rival and 21st-ranked San Diego, led by Roxy Wiblin. Tomorrow, 3 Eastern on BYU TV in the app. Big one for the ladies. We're live in Studio B. Your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Jeremy Jordan alongside Tyler Hawes. Our next guest knows how to beat the Bruins. He led that game not only for BYU, but had a game-high 20 in that one in Maui as BYU took down UCLA. Now they match up in the NCAA tournament. He is Jake Toulson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Jake, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, man. Up, it's great to see you. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. It feels good to, to be here with you guys today. It's been like a year and four months since that UCLA game, and uh, suffice to say, a lot has happened, not only in the world, not only with BYU and you, but UCLA, but here we are, BYU and uh, UCLA again tomorrow night, man. Yeah, no, it feels right. Um, it's March Madness best time of the year so i'm excited to see what happens what do you uh what do you think of ucla last night i i thought um they played really hard um obviously they got down to that big lead in the first half but uh, i thought i knew they were gonna make it a game in the second half um you know they they it was a high scoring game they can score you got guys that just play hard, and I think BYU matches up well against this team, and, and having played them last year, we're familiar with them. But, you know, it is, it's March. There's not a bad team in this tournament, so um, we're going to have to be, you know, playing our best, and, and I think that's something we'll do. Jake, you guys obviously had an unbelievable run last year. It got cut short uh, due to COVID, but what does the success of this year's team mean to you and, and what you guys accomplished last year? It's been, it's been so fun to just watch this team grow um, throughout the course of the season. Um, I think they, they are a completely different team than we were last year, but for me, just to be a fan and to be proud of this program is something that um, I cherish and it's something that that's different than being out there playing. It's a different feeling for me and something that I'm, it's new to me. So um, this team has, has made me proud all, all, all season. And I'm, I'm excited that they have this opportunity in the tournament. And, you know, I I think they feel the, uh, I wouldn't say pressure, but I think they feel the, uh, the urgency and, and they know, you know, what they're playing for and who they're playing for. And, and I think that they're going to have that chip on their shoulder. So whether they like it or not, I feel like, and Mark Pope has agreed to this and even brought you guys on via zoom, I think Sunday, right. For selection Sunday to have you guys yeah. part of that. 
They're, yeah. they're, whether they like it or not, they're kind of playing for last year's team too. Like, like having this cathartic experience. Is it cathartic for you? Like, yes, it was devastating, but are you living through these guys a little bit in the experience that they're having sort of for last year's team? I think so. Yeah. Um, just being, being so close to these guys and, and knowing um, them and, and coach folk has done a great job of, of helping and, and, and making us, feel like we're a part of it and you know we 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 laid the foundation we uh we did what we did last year and a lot of people would look at that and say oh you know we set the bar pretty high and and people were saying before this season that that would be a hard a hard bar to reach but um I think that that kind of set the stage for this year's team to to be able to do what they did and um I believe in them I it, it does, it does, it doesn't suck. You know, I'm happy for these guys and that they get this chance, but just seeing March Madness, CBS, like selection Sunday, hearing these guys' voices, it's like, man, we, we were right there, but I know this team will, will, uh, you know, come through for, for everyone that feels, feels some type of way about last year still. We're talking to Jake Toulson on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, is that hard? Like to see this, is it hard or are, are you over it? Uh, have you, cause honestly for me, it's hard last year, knowing that you guys could have made a run that could have been super memorable. Like anything was possible. If you're always playing like a top 10 team at the end of the year, is it difficult for you to watch this or, or have you, uh, has that crystallized into something positive? I think a little bit of both when I'm watching BYU, it, I have nothing but like good feelings and, and I love seeing this team win and I want them to, you know, make a run. But when I'm watching other games or other teams, I'm like, man, you know, we like, who knows if we're even in this spot, you know, a year from the tournament last year, like everything could have changed for, for everyone on that team. But that's not a place that, that I want to, to live in. It's, you know, it's a fun place to visit when I'm talking with teammates or, you know, friends, but I think we, we did everything we could to put ourselves in a position to make a run. And I think that I can live with that. So, so Jake, let's visit it. I mean, is, is this team better than, than your team? How do you, how do you guys match up if you're comparing both groups? You know, that's, that's a good question. And it's a good debate to have. It's a, it's a great argument to have because, you know, two really good teams, but I think they're different. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if I want to, you know, get into that right now because it's just all about this year's team. But if I was choosing, whoops, camera fell. We're on, a, gra- we're on a graphic. Between, it was a perfectly timed camera fall. <laughs> there we go. Um, if I was choosing, uh, you know, I'm gonna have to bet on last year's team, but um, good thing that that will never happen, and we can just enjoy this team right now. Well, maybe it will happen. Maybe we line it up. You know, maybe a pickup game. You know, I yeah, I do maybe ha- this summer we can we can run it back. Hey, I do have last year's team by a little bit, and here here's why: you guys uh, beat Gonzaga, and that ends up being a top five win, and you're top ten in net. Those things are the arguments I've been making for this group. 
Now, I do feel like Gonzaga got better this year. Like they even went up a notch, which I didn't know they could go up another notch. And maybe there's another notch for them. I don't know. But how, how would you compare Gonzaga last year to this year? Because this year felt like Jalen Suggs sort of took them up a little bit. Yeah, no, Jalen Suggs is, has completely changed them. But, you know, I, I could argue that Gonzaga was better last year. They, they lost Admin Gilder, who was a grad transfer, one-year guy. They lost Killian Tilly, Petrusif, who was the player of the year. I think the difference in this year's team and last year's team would be they play they play Kispert. Sometimes they play him at the floor, but they start uh, Watson. They play uh, Drew Timmy. But last year, if if a team wanted to just keep a big guy like Matt Harms in the paint, they could because the Trusif wasn't stepping out and shooting it. They would put Tilly at the five and stretch the floor, and it was just completely different game. So, uh, you know, you could argue here or there, but uh, I think both teams are really good. We obviously beat Gonzaga, which, um, which was, you know, in my opinion, the best win in the last few years. But I think BYU, they, they, they match up well against any team. And I think the difference is people want to say, like, this year's team is called, like, the 10-deep team. I've heard people say that. And then, like, last year's team is, like, the senior three-headed dragon team. But I don't think BYU this year is even playing 10 guys. I would say the difference is they have two seven-footers. They have Matt Harms in the paint, and they have size, and they have, you know, they rebound, and they just play a different way. Like, if it, towards down the stretch of the season, they played their five starters, and then Trev, Spencer, and Richard. That's eight guys. That's not 10 guys. For sure. Uh, really interesting contrasting both groups, um, but obviously both have accomplished so much. Um, Jake, 2020 was such such a crazy year for everyone, but you know, especially for you and for, for all pro guys trying to trying to figure out what's next. Um, can you talk about, talk about your, your journey um, in the pros and just, you know, the, the emotional roller coaster up and down of, of trying to figure out what's next? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you said it best for, for everyone pretty much across the board. It's been a challenge. Um, and I think I've learned a lot about myself. I've, I've had opportunities to reflect and to see, you know, the progress that I've made and, and kind of where I want to go. But sometimes you just got to take a step back and, and um, try and live in the moment, make, make the best of every day. Um, I think that, you know, with, with my injury and, you know, the way it all went, went down, it, it, it's a little bit, you know, of a bummer. And, it, and I definitely catch myself, you know, sometimes feeling sorry for myself and that, you know, why did it have to happen like this? And I had to wait a whole year to play. And then the first game, you know, this happens. But um, I think that you could always have it worse. And I, I'm grateful for, for challenges because it allows me to grow. And that's kind of what I've, made a career on 
And at some point you just want it to stop and just be able to have success all the time. But I don't think that's how it works. I think it's always going to challenge you and test you and try and, you know, mold you into a better player and a person. And, and that's what I'm going through right now. And let's go back to that. So G League bubble down in Orlando, Erie Bayhawks won Yoli Childs and Salt Lake City Stars won Jake Toulson. First off, what were the emotions like in that, seeing Yoli on the other uh, side, your professional debut? And then two, was it an injury that happened in the game? And remind us what it was, foot, right? Yeah. Well, it was just, it was really cool to experience that with Yoli. Um, You know, we were down there in the bubble together and, it's far from normal down there. Like everything is just, it, it, nothing feels normal. Like it's just so strange and different and uncomfortable for everyone. So having Yoli there and being able to go through that with him was something that I'll remember forever. And just sharing that, that moment on the court, um, our first professional game, like we'll, we'll remember that forever. And yeah. And in, in the game, uh, in the second half, like, beginning of the second half I just went up for a rebound and um I landed on a guy's foot and fractured my foot so that's what happened well we wish you the best in your recovery um and and what helps in a recovery is great teammates around you right and BYU this year has continued the best locker room in America thing Jesse Wade stuck in the elevator they break him out the COVID testing video went viral what can you say about what, what, what Mark Pope does in a locker room? And you know this from the past four years at Utah Valley and then last year, and now we're seeing that continue this year. It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing what that staff is able to do. I think they, they recruit the right guys and they cultivate that, that joy and, and just love for the game in the locker room, and, and the guys just run with it. Um, we got all the right leaders in place. And it's just, it's cool to see. I mean, there's a lot of other teams out there that in in coaches that can recruit, they can motivate, they can do all that. But I think to me, college is all about, you know, having guys buy in, know their roles and, you know, just, it's more of just managing that locker room. And that's what they do. Um, I have to, I got to call out coach figure right now. Um, we all saw the viral video of everyone dancing, going to get their COVID tests. And I was waiting for coach figure to pop up and do something, maybe like the Aaron Rodgers discount, double check thing, <laughs> but he didn't do anything. Of course, he's not going to be beyond the video cause he's, he's too shy for that, but, um, I'll give <laughs> him a hard step time. Up. Come on, Cody. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, he's he's fun in his own way that way. Well, Jake, best of luck. Uh, get that foot healed, and uh, we look forward to many years of professional basketball from you. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Jake. Okay, that's Jake Toulson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. I appreciate Jake being honest um, about, hey, he's really open it's with hard, yeah. um, and I found myself questioning this, right? But he's yeah. going to get healthy and be uh, – he's going to make – some good money playing ball. He's too good of a player. He's going to get an opportunity somewhere to, sure. keep, to keep going, uh, whether it's here or, or overseas. Um, he's too good of a player you know, on the block, shooting from the outside. He, he And he's so in tune emotionally, which is so important for, for a pro player and uh, really impressed with him. And he argued for Gonzaga being better last year. Wow. Which, yeah, which makes my that. point, which is <laughs> that last year's team is better right. by a little bit.
Okay, coming up, Gregor Bell joins us from Indy to break down BYU UCLA. And do Zach Wilson's throws not, you know, impress anyone at this point? I mean, look at this thing. Look at this thing. We'll discuss it from the indoor practice facility yesterday. Oh my gosh. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Milano's going to have some fun with uh, Jesse Wade video, uh, COVID testing starting lineup video today on BYUSN right now. Watch it later today and previous episodes on demand, of course, on the BYUSN social media platform. Uh, how big is the Jesse Wade video going viral? TMZ, four minutes ago, just tweeted about it. So, wow. There you TMZ. go. He is Tyler, who uh, has been caught by TMZ many times out in public. I am Jeremy Jordan. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cook Whip Round, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Okay, Zach Wilson's dad, Mike, posted this video of Zach throwing to a Leva Hefo in the indoor let, practice facility. Let me wipe the drool off my mouth after watching this. When the Jaguars see this video of this throw, will, will they have Zach as their number one pick? <laughs> Not on a single throw, no, but it, th- it this is just impressive. unbelievable. He spins this. out. To his left, chucks it. He's at midfield. This is a 50-yard throw. It almost looks fake. This is with the NFL ball as well, by the way, which he told us earlier this week. Hey, it took some getting used to, but I do like the leather of it. It's incredible. Uh, He's going to be a a top draft pick, but, I mean, that shows his arm strength and his mobility. It's incredible. I still have Trevor Lawrence at one. I think you got to take Trevor. Yeah. But Zach at two. Okay, what's more terrifying, Richard Harward in the paint or Richard Harward tearing apart (laughs) elevator doors? (laughs) Hey, tear, tearing <laughs> open uh, an elevator door is pretty scary. This is like reverse shining moment. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, it's good when he's on your side, though, when he's on yes. your team. Yes. Be friends with Richard Harward. Yeah. Um, I'm terrified by this. Yes. No, this is good. This is good. Sleeves are rolled up. Whole team's getting behind it. Teams, yeah, like Jesse's face when they finally get it open, it's like, oh, I can actually get out of here. relief, yeah. He's in there for 40 minutes, yeah. Okay, bigger deal, BYU baseball beating LMU or Mike Littlewood returning from a two-game COVID suspension. Okay, what's a COVID suspension? Uh, apparently two games ago, Mike Littlewood got in an umpire's face and literally was in his face too close. Come on. Uh, he got a two-game suspension apparently because he was too close to the umpire. So Mike is back tonight, and uh, BYU beating LMU is a big deal as well. Nice job by uh, the boys it's getting baseball. that done. You got to you got to get up in the ump's face every once in a while. Did they both had masks on, I assume. Like, isn't that the point of the mask? <laughs> no, I know. Come on, <laughs> a COVID suspension. I don't what? know about that. Okay, coming up, I get to do prop picks for Spencer. Dude, yeah. just mail it in so I win. Here we go. And Greg Rubel joins us live from Indianapolis as BYU Sports Nation continues on BYU TV and BYU Radio. What's up, Greg? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch Zach Wilson and the other BYU Cougars as they work out for NFL scouts on Pro Day, two-hour BYU Sports Nation special with full coverage, March 26th on BYU TV in the app, 12 to 2 Eastern time. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you with us. Jerem Jordan alongside Tyler Hawes on the first day of March Madness first round. Can't wait. Brackets are filled out. Let's go. Game's going. Okay, uh, let's let's get out to Indianapolis. Gregor Bell, the voice of the Cougars there, is going to call the game on the radio, of course. And Greg, on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, can you report of anyone else stuck in any elevators? <laughs> no, and, and my trips have all been uh, without incident here in Indy. 
That's great to know. Um, tell us what it's like because obviously it's the most unique NCAA tournament that will ever happen. Um, that what's what's the setup? What's life like for you? Because the guys are in the bubble, uh, yet you're going to be in the venue like everybody else. Yeah, so it's called the controlled environment. And for the players, that means four team hotels, the Indiana Convention Center, the adjacent AAA or the minor league baseball field for outdoor activity, and then the game venues. That's where the players, the tiers one, two and three individuals can can navigate. And those outside the tier uh, can have venue access, but not to the same places the players and coaches generally have access. So there's really two environments going on right now. The controlled one, and then the uh, the tier four or the outside of the controlled environment uh, sphere. And that's where I find myself. And uh, yet it feels like March Madness. Uh, downtown Indianapolis is filled with all of the signs and the logos and the vibe that you expect from a tournament, the buses, the police escorts. You see the stuff you normally get around this time of year. You just don't uh, have the same kind of freedom of movement. Uh, I love uh, tournament time uh, for the vibe you get. In the gym, and Ty can speak to this, even even the day before the game, when you go to practice, the fans are in the stands for the practice and multiple teams in and out, and and you really get the sense of something live and happening. And that's not happening this year. Uh, The teams are practicing in those venues, but by themselves, no fans, no media. And so I'll get in for my game and then out when my game is over. And that's kind of the way I'll experience it. So some things are, are, are you know, the same and many things feel very different. And that's one of the things I miss the most is just that being in the gym, being on the floor and that sense that for, you know, one, two, three, four days, that building is alive with hoops. That's right. Um, you know, there, there's definitely an energy that comes along with, with March Madness. I'm just glad we're playing basketball, Greg. Uh, glad we have games. Hey, so BYU has a you know, first-round matchup. UCLA, they, I thought they battled Michigan State. They were down 14 in that game. What were your thoughts on that UCLA-Michigan uh, State game last night? Well, it's UCLA's best comeback in, in a couple seasons, uh, but it's not unusual for them. They've actually won four games this year when down double digits. That's an interesting note uh, about this UCLA team. Uh, they're never out of it. Uh, they don't have to have a lot of things go their way to get a positive result. You know, some teams you find and their trends are very polar opposites. They win all the time when this happens and they tend to lose all the time when that happens. And UCLA is really in the middle on a lot of stuff. Um, you know, they, they can be down at halftime as well and, and win games as they were last night. They've won multiple games this year when trailing at the break. So uh, UCLA is a team that, albeit uh, operating at a slow tempo, and let's note that their tempo is very slow. Uh, they're ranked 334th in tempo. That doesn't scream comeback ability. That's why if you get a decent lead against St. Mary's, you feel like you've got that thing because they, they, they can't really spurt on you. But UCLA is a team that, despite playing slow, has a lot of comeback wins and, and wins when down at the break. So that's an interesting thing about the Bruins. Uh, the bigger question, or one of the bigger questions, is if leading scorer uh, Johnny Juzang plays or if he plays how well he plays. Certainly when it initially happened, didn't look good. The reaction was pretty negative. But then when you watch the replay again, you know, I, I, you know you've seen worse ankle rolls, obviously. And not, not that it was insignificant, but it wasn't one that you thought, well, he doesn't come back from. And he has dealt with recent ankle issues and comeback. He missed the USC game to end the regular season with an ankle injury, came back in the tournament, uh, the Pac-12 tournament. So he's kind of been in and out a little bit with ankle problems. We'll see how that uh, turns out for him tomorrow night. Clearly, it's a benefit to BYU if Juzang's not, you know, full go. And you wouldn't expect him to be entirely full go, 
based on the injury. But we know when post game happened last night, he was bouncing around pretty good. So yeah, when when UCLA won, I was like, he looks like he's just fine. So we'll, we'll see what happens. He had twenty three in that game, and then Jaime Jaquez uh, had a career high twenty seven. He was awesome. He seems like a, a tough matchup. I wonder if and we were talking about it, Caleb Lohner and or a Gideon George matchup on him. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, one of those guys, right? I mean, yeah, they're good. one of, one of the uh, – I'll say – I'm not going to say it's a good thing, but BYU uh, has uh, you know, had challenges with bigs that, that play on the perimeter. And UCLA doesn't have any bigs who do that. All their bigs play in the post. It's, it's more of a traditional interior defense BYU can throw. Now, Hawkes is different, right? He's, he's, a, he's a long four, long three, uh, stretch four. He'll play all over the place. And you can really throw a Caleb or a Gideon on him and hope for the best. But Matt can play essentially a traditional uh, post defense against UCLA bigs who aren't very big to begin with. They max out around 6'9" and they don't play on the perimeter. I think the three main bigs have combined for two, three attempts on the year and haven't made one, so that's not a part of their game. So BYU may be able to play a little more uh, you know, traditionally on the interior, but Hawkes is, is you know, the difference maker. He didn't play but 11 minutes against BYU in Maui and didn't score a point. So between Hawkes and Juzang, you have guys who scored 50 points last night when BYU saw zero points from either of those guys in Maui Hawkes was yet uh, was not you know, playing a lot, scored zero, and then Juzang was with another team at the time. So uh, the last meeting in Maui is somewhat instructive, but not a lot back. Uh, you know, BYU's got four guys back from that game. UCLA's got six guys back from that game, but half of those guys didn't score in that game. So it's a really different-looking uh, uh, team for Mick Cronin. None of the guys for UCLA had played in an NCAA tournament game until last night. And for BYU... None of their guys have played in a game for BYU. You do have two guys who have tournament experience. Matt Harms, of course, with Purdue, and Brandon Averett with Oklahoma State. Greg, BYU's play, arguably playing their best basketball of the season right now. They're peaking at the right time. Um, you're, you're a trend guy, a numbers guy. What, what uh, trends are you seeing uh, in this BYU team that makes you – more confident, less confident, uh, matching up against UCLA? Well, I'll, I'll go to the tempo uh, trend for a moment. Uh, BYU isn't, isn't a super fast team. They're not a super slow team. They're ranked 200th in tempo. Uh, they're, they're middle of the pack that way nationally, uh, and, and they can certainly play a little quicker on offense than that. In fact, if you go to their uh, uh, offensive tempo numbers um, – yeah, BYU's average offensive possession length is 148, so right in the middle of the pack. So let's say BYU's a middle-of-the-pack tempo team. UCLA is a slower team, a really slow team. Well, BYU's done well with slow-tempo teams this year in slow-tempo games. UCLA averages 64.6 possessions per game, and BYU's played five games at 65 possessions or fewer, and they've won all five this year. They're 5-0 and in those slower games, and they beat St. Mary's twice. St. Mary's is among the slowest teams in the country. UCLA only slightly faster. So I'll go with that one. And then kind of a bigger picture thing, Ty, I like the fact that BYU's had three games against the overall number one seed, and, and in the last game against them, had a real good chance to win that game. And, and so I think that really sets you up for anything you're about to face in the NCAA tournament. Uh, UCLA is good, and there's a reason – that they were, you know, eight and zero in the Pac-12 to start the year. It's a really good basketball team. They, I mean, they they didn't see themselves as an 11th seed a month ago. But you lose four in a row, that takes you from you know six, seven, eight to nine, ten, eleven pretty quickly. So UCLA somewhere they didn't expect to be, 
but they were good enough to put themselves in a position to be a favored seed until that four-game losing skid. Let's note that UCLA has that four-game slide. They've also lost two in a row earlier in the year, and BYU under Mark Pope has still yet to lose consecutive games at any point. The Cougs try to keep that streak alive tomorrow night. It is game day, Eve. We're talking to Greg Rebell live from Indianapolis, uh, where BYU will take on UCLA in Hinkle Fieldhouse tomorrow. But we buried the lead, Greg. BYU went viral for not one but two videos last night. As you said, where there's a will, there's a wade, as Richard Harward and BYU break him out. And then BYU's COVID testing starting lineup video uh, went viral as well. That That was a fun moment that nationally people got a peek at the best locker room in America. Yeah, and I loved how the, the the TNT guys last night put it on their post game show, and <laughs> and the Cougars are all, are already getting uh, again they're they're kind of anchoring themselves in the nation's subconscious a little bit right now with what's going on. So it'd be great if they can you know uh, you know get the wins to kind of throw on top of that and make BYU a fun story to cover as this thing rolls on. But as we all know, the guys have you know we've been around the team all year. Uh, you know, Coach Pope and his staff and players are such an amazing group, and and in so many ways. The vibe of the team reflects the vibe of the head guy. And, and uh, you know, we all just love being around the program and, and love the influence Coach Pope has had on the program. And I think it's cool that these, uh, you know, videos went the way they did. And, and it says a lot about me that as I'm watching the elevator video, all I'm thinking is, you know, please nobody get hurt in, in the execution oh my of gosh, this rescue. Yes. You know, the last thing you need is, you know, a guy out with a broken hand because the door slammed shut on him, you know. So it was cool, though. It was great what they did. And and you can just tell no matter who, you know, no matter the role anyone occupies on this team, uh, everyone feels a part of that same vibe. And, uh, you know, I I think best locker room in America is a real thing, right? It is. Definitely is. Um, Greg, there was so much disappointment last year um, with, with, you know, the team not being able to even play an NCAA tournament game. They definitely had some hype going into that tournament. Um, is, is this team this year, are they, are they trying to avenge uh, what, what happened last year? I don't think there's a real sense of, of uh, avenge as much as a sense of respect and honor and appreciation. And, and you know, Jeremy and I have talked a lot about this too, that, um, you know, this year's team owes a lot to last year's team and in a lot of ways can, can, you know, pay off, you know, in some ways the efforts of last year's team that went unrewarded uh, this year's team earned its, uh, you know, earned its results on its own. There's no doubt about that. But I, I think, I think a lot of what happened last year can be seen in what this year's guys are doing. And, and hopefully this year's team can, can enjoy uh, success that last year's team wasn't able to experience and, and, you know, Ty, you're so close to Tej and, 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 you know, how hard he worked for his throughout his career to get to that point. And, and I just, you know, my heart broke for him uh, last year for that reason, because it was going to be the culmination uh, of a long grind, mm-hmm. you know, and you know what it's like to, to get the reward, you know, for those efforts, making the one of the great things about the NCAA tournament guys is how hard it is to get into and how good the teams are when you get there. It's no joke. I mean, you know, the, the, the 11 seeds we pl- saw playing last night, the, the, those 11 seed play-in games, those were the last of the best in college basketball this year. That's how good these teams were. I mean, Michigan State has three wins over, you know, three of the top six overall seeds in this tournament. That's an 11 seed in this tournament. That's how good this tournament is. It's hard to get into. It's the holy grail of college hoops. And, and it's, it's such a, a reward and a relief to get there. And, and we know that, you know, Tej had earned that spot and didn't get to 
fully enjoy it. So for guys like Tej, you know, these guys, these guys get to go play and, and hopefully, uh, you know, take this thing more than a game. Yeah, it's cathartic to some degree, that's for sure. Remind people, I know it's a unique setup in the NCAA tournament with radio, how people can listen to you and Mark on the radio. Yeah, so the NCAA retains the rights to satellite and streaming of NCAA tournament games. And so local radio for us at BYU, that means KSL uh, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM. So, And our network affiliates in central, southern Utah, southern Idaho. So along the Wasatch Front, uh, you'll be able to get the game tomorrow night. And since it's a nighttime game, you know, KSL's 1160 signal comes in loud and clear over multiple states. And so I think a lot of BYU fans will be able to tune in tomorrow night. So remember, it'll be on 102.7 FM locally, 1160 AM on the broader Western U.S. standpoint. But that's the one way, the only way uh, to get Mark Durant and me tomorrow night uh, due to the restrictions they have come NCAA tournament time on the satellite and the stream. Okay, awesome. We appreciate the time, Greg. Tell uh, hello to Jimmy Chitwood for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go find him. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go find him out He's here in the parking now. lot. I'm thinking yeah. got a hoop set up. Uh, and uh, Jerry, I'm always good to be with you. And uh, Ty, really good to see you and, and be with you. Uh, such love for you and, and your family. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is a great time of year, I know, for you as a fan and a former player. And I'm, I'm loving it, too. So thanks, guys. Thanks, okay. Greg. Go Cougs. Thanks, Greg. It's Greg Rebell on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. What's coming up, Ty? Coming up, a rising shout-out to the real BYU Hoops MVP. Oh, who's that? And a prop pick reckoning, and hopefully not the last game we're talking about. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's March Madness, baby. Let's go. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation is always on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU radio app. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Okay, let's recap prop picks from last night and then get you our picks for tomorrow night. BYU and UCLA and the NCAA tournament. Prop picks are presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. How many three-pointers will the two teams combine for in the first half? We did UCLA and Michigan State. Spartans had five. Bruins hit three for a total of eight. That's what Spencer picked. I had nine. Wow. So I was just off on that one. Point Spencer. Who will be the game's leading scorer? Jaime Hawkes Jr. led all scores with 27 points, and neither of them picked that. He was amazing. Okay, and the margin of victory will be... UCLA won by six. Spencer uh, had it at six. I had it. Did I have it at seven? Ben, I think I had it at seven, right? So one more free throw. <laughs> Come on, man. All right, let's bring in Ben Bagley for the picks for tomorrow. All right, we'll start here. Of course, Tyler, you'll be picking for Spencer. So if you want to mail it in, go ahead. Go. All right, number one, which BYU player will score the team's 11th point? 11 being the number here in honor of Artie Haas. I think it nice. I think it will be a bench player. So Spencer Johnson comes in and hits a jumper. I think it'll be Matt Harms. Mm. Yep, start out with a couple of threes from the outside, and then hit Matt. That'll be a good start if Matt's still in when BYU gets eleven. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Go back to back Haas questions here, Tyler. In your senior season, you averaged twenty-two point two points. How many players in tomorrow's game, both sides? We'll score more than 22. I think a lot of dudes will score in the teens, Ty, so I think there will be one player that gets to 22 plus. Wow. 
I'm saying two. One from each side. 22.2. Have a turning moment. I see the connection. <laughs> no Tyler Haas tied to the third one. Just who scores the last basket for BYU in the game? Connor Harding. BYU's up. Connor Harding. Brandon Averett. Ooh, so it's tight. It's tight. Yep. Yeah. Need, need a couple of plays to finish it out. Brandon. But you said BYU's going to win comfortably. you got to pick one side there, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say at least 10, right around okay. 10. It's, Brandon could be in there. and Brandon stays in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our elite voice of the day uh, in response to this question, what's your expectation for BYU versus UCLA in the opening round? JP on Twitter, I expect BYU to play physical. I expect AB to get the ball to shooters. If we're not shooting well, we're going to got to be scrappy enough to get offensive boards and points in the paint. I expect BYU to win. I think Cougar Nation's feeling pretty good about this one. Maybe maybe you aren't, but I love the way BYU's playing, like you talked about, coming off of, granted, it's been a minute since, since that. It will have been like a full, what, uh, you know, 12 days between yeah. games. But BYU well-rested, ready to rock. Uh, Matt Harms has been to an Elite Eight in Sweet 16, and he played not in Hinkle Fieldhouse, per se, but nearby at Purdue, like he's used to the area. Mark Pope's first NCAA tournament game would be good. Only one BYU coach has won the first game in the tourney, by the way, Liddell Anderson. Wow. Hopefully that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's exciting, man. BYU's back in the dance. Yeah, I feel like this group, they're not just, they're not just happy about being in the tournament, too. I, I get that feeling for some reason. They're hungry to, to make a mark on this tournament. And, of course, they're having fun. They're enjoying themselves. Pulling each other out of elevators. Pulling each other out of elevators. But they're there to win <laughs> games. Don't, don't Make no mistake about Let's it. Go. They're there to win games. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutout, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Goes to the lady announcing the lineups for the BYU COVID test. She was fantastic. She's great. And Richard Harward for freeing Jesse Wade. And just the team, the energy. Let's go. Listen, let this not be the last game of the year. Let this be a defining, one shining moment, if you will, for BYU to win in the NCAA tournament. Let's go, baby. Our thanks to today's guests, Jake Toulson and Greg Bell. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Indeed, we did. For Tyler, <laughs> I am Jerem. Shout out to Brock Zilstra. See you tomorrow for Women's Volleyball 3 Eastern on BYU TV. And of course, go Cougs back in the dance. Out of the elevator, baby.